Hello, and welcome to Five Things You Need to Know, the podcast that features a curated list of current events designed to inform, engage, and entertain. Before we jump in, uh, I would like to take a moment to discuss the Orlando shooting that took place at 2 a.m. Eastern Time this morning. The media has placed the death toll at about 50 dead and 53 plus injured. We at Five Things would like to send our deepest condolences to the families and friends of those who were killed and send nothing but positivity and loving vibes to those who have been injured in this senseless and despicable act of terror. At this time, we would like to have a moment of silence for the victims who lost their lives. Okay, um, I am your host, Soul, and today I'm being joined by Ariana. Welcome, Ariana. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. This week's topics include one, Hillary as the presumptive Democratic nominee, two, rapist Brock Turner, three, the life and death of Muhammad Ali, the greatest. Uh, four, Malia Obama's high school graduation, and five, the uh, infamous Ellen DeGeneres lawsuit. Uh, so let's just get right into things. Hillary is the presumptive, because they still haven't had the com- convention and Bernie hasn't dropped out. So she is the, the presumptive Democratic nominee. Um, she, it should be noted uh, that she is the first woman to win uh, this nomination in a major party. Yes, that is in fact true. Um, and in doing my research for this, I found that she, and she, she makes this um, disclaimer on all of her um, messaging that has gone out, but the actual first woman who um, received a nomination was Victoria Woodhull in 1872 with the Equal Rights Party. She even had a running mate. It was Frederick Douglass. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, she did not get any votes as she was not 35. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, but... Um, yeah, but technically she was the first. She was and the first, yeah. There, there have been several um, between uh, Victoria and Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Hillary is the first to gain, well, the presumptive no- nomination right. for a major party. Yeah, which is which is a, a great feat. You know, people are going to obviously feel however they feel about Hillary. Uh, they, may, they may not like her, but I think that that is something to that speaks to uh, where we're moving as a country in regards to um, social and social equality um, and feminism and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so she, the AP kind of had called it on Monday saying with her uh, super delegates that she, she was it, she had the number, but she really kind of solidified that presumption, I should say, with uh, a win in Puerto Rico, and then on Tuesday, uh, winning in California, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota. So she just kind of nailed that uh, that nail into Bernie's coffin even further, because he was really pulling for a California win. Oh yeah, he was. But you know what? A lot of there's there's a lot of um, information out there that that is saying that he. Um, should have gotten a lot more votes in California, but there was that whole party issue again mm-hmm. where people who would have voted for Bernie were probably not a part of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And when they went to vote, they realized that he wasn't on their ballots. And so, right. you know, he's he's feeling kind of cheated out of a few votes in California. Right. And um, and and 
it was a close race. I will say that. But I think, you know, when you, when you look at the numbers, um, and like I said, kind of trying to speak a little more objectively, when you, when you look at the numbers, the numbers weren't, ever completely in his favor, you know, and he's kind of used those numbers to try and make his argument that, that he has garnered all this support and he has garnered all these votes across the country. Um, but he never led at any point. He never led in pledged or super delegate, um, votes, I should say. So I guess, you know, that's, that's kind of the tough part, Mm -hmm. which I, I, I completely understand. Um, but it is, it's kind of like, okay, now, yes, she officially has the, you know, but he's still in it, man. He's still, he's still he, in it. He's you know not what, going anywhere. You know what, Bernie, Bernie reminds me of that, uh, late nineties, early two thousands bad boy. Like can't stop, won't stop. You know, I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine him with one of those like leather suits that P. Diddy oh, used yeah. to wear, you know, and one of those tunnels. I was tunnels. thinking more like those track suits. Yeah, yeah. right. He, that too with some, with some Jordans on yeah, yeah. and like a Hype Williams-esque mm-hmm. directed I can see it. <laughs> some sunglasses on, some aviators maybe. Right. Like, something like that. You know, because yeah. everyone's like, okay, Bernie, you know, because even, you know, to, to forward that, um, President Obama and Senator Elizabeth Warren, as well as Vice President Joe Biden, all endorsed Hillary this week, which I'm sure they were waiting for that official, okay, oh, yeah. she's got mm-hmm. it. Um, and Bernie met with the president, and he's still I, like... I want to know what that conversation was. No, what, what do you think? It was like, okay, man, oh, gosh. stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> stop playing. Okay, we know it's going to be Hillary. Uh, Everybody got the issues with Hillary, you know. I ran against her. You know what it's I like. was rooting for you, man. I, mean, you know, I was rooting for you, my dude, but... <laughs> we can't let Trump win either. <laughs> and Bernie was just like, looked at him, and then it like pans out. And he's like, I thought I told you. <laughs> okay, stop, won't stop. Okay? Yeah. Anywho, so it'll it'll be interesting. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting, because towards the end of the 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 race, um, Bernie was pointing to the fact that Hillary wasn't necessarily polling that many points against Trump. They were about two percentage points apart, mm-hmm. whereas he was polling a little higher, I think eight to 10 percentage points. Um, but I've read a few different articles where they've broken down that, that kind of closing the gap. And one of the things is because what you've seen, what I should say we see is whoever is currently in office, there is always a boost towards the opposing party's candidate once they've been selected. Right. Um, so that's a nat- that was a natural bump for for Trump, bump for Trump, um, and two, the race between Hillary and Bernie when those polls were being run wasn't finalized. So what a lot of pollsters have been saying is that in the next coming months, especially after the convention, you will probably see a wider gap between Hillary and Trump um, as we get closer to November. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch. It'll be interesting to watch. That it will, and that it has been. <laughs> Thought I told you. Um, so our next, we're gonna move on to our next topic, um, which is about Brock Turner, the Stanford swimmer who was convicted of raping a young woman um, in Northern California. Uh, not to really drill home all of the details because it can actually get. Uh, for me, it was depressing reading a lot of what what happened it was so depressing and um yeah so i don't i was was kind of upset about this being i mean i'm glad this is on one of our topic lists Mm -hmm. 
but I dreaded seeing it because yeah. I knew I was going to have to really dig, dig in, in yeah. and, and, and read, read about mm-hmm. it, yeah. which so, I had been avoiding. Yes, um, but I guess to, to summarize, uh, Brock Turner met this young woman at a college party, um, and some of the, the details about how this woman ended up behind a dumpster um, are fuzzy, but she was unconscious and did not consent and uh, Brock Turner sexually assaulted her. Um, there were two uh, gentlemen. They are Swedish. I think it's just important to point out that they, they were are Swedish. Swedish. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're bike riders. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> avid at night, too. Um, but had they not come, and, and there's been different takes on had they not seen what they saw. Um, but they were riding their bikes, and they saw this guy on top of a woman who looked like she was unconscious, and so they stopped to ask you know, if everything was okay. Brock tries to run. They tackle him and wait for authorities to come and officially arrest him. So this trial ended uh, towards the end of March, excuse me, of this year. Um, And I think it's also important to note that, uh, so you had the two eyewitnesses. um, All 12 jurors unanimously voted guilty on all counts. And I believe there are about four counts um, that he was being charged with. And the significance... There's there's three. Three, I'm sorry. Um... The significance of that is sometimes you will have these cases that come up and the jury kind of says, yeah, there was intent, but we don't necessarily think that they actually Mm -hmm. carried it out. Right. Or Or it's not unanimous. Exactly. Or it's Mm -hmm. not unanimous. Or we don't think that this was, you know, there was intention, but we think that this is the end cause. So I think it's significant to point out that all 12 voted guilty on all three counts. Um, And so going into that, this victim has asked to remain anonymous and um I totally respect that but it's the letter that she wrote oh, it's a 12 page letter and if you do have the opportunity um please read it it is it is uh it's intense um, if you have any students in college they should read it they need to read it or yeah or going to college exactly they should read it male if or female mature high school students they, they need to read, read it. it yeah um and it's, it just encompasses, she does such a great job, and, and, and under the circumstances, it's horrible to say that, but um, she does such a great job talking about how she has felt through this whole ordeal. She does a great job talking about, um, you know, yeah. the night, what she can remember of the night of the incident, um, what she felt and thought about immediately following the night of the incident, and then how her life has been affected. But she also turns it on to her, um, I guess, what's the word for that? Assailant? Um, no. Um, to her attacker? Attacker. Why okay. couldn't I think of that word? Um, she turns it on to her attacker by saying that, you know, you continue to say that you drink too much or you're an advocate right. for this party atmosphere at college, but you haven't admitted to the fact that you raped me, you sexually assaulted me. And the issue here isn't drinking. The issue here is sexual assault. And so it's just, it's, it's awesome. Uh, CNN anchor read it in its entirety. I think it took about 45 minutes to read on air. Um, Joe Biden has written a letter back to this young lady saying that she has inspired and motivated him to continue his fight. Um, and she has forever affected him. Um, and there is a congresswoman that is going to be reading it um, on the floor coming up soon. I'm not sure exactly what day, uh, which will make it an official record. Um, 
So that alone has just been, again, if you haven't already read it, mm-hmm. please read it. Um, and so kind of transitioning into the judge, Persky, who is being attacked. And to be completely honest, I think rightfully so. Um, so you have this, this gentleman. So we'll go back and recount the points. Um, two eyewitnesses, 12 jurors, unanimously vote on three counts and this judge gives him six months citing that in in prison. Yeah. Citing that anything more would, you know, he, he couldn't handle it. He said something like, um, without like seriously impacting him. Right. I could not believe that verbiage. Like, is that ever a thought in a judge's mind? Like apparently I guess. Yeah. Like anything more would, would severely impact the attacker. Right, right, right. Yeah. How, uh, yeah. How is that? Yeah. So he sentences him to six months. The reality is he'll probably serve three months or less for good behavior. Um, he also cited that this kid had no um, prior record, criminal record, no violent history. Um, they have found some inconsistencies in Brock Turner's yeah, uh, testimony how. because he says that, you know, this was kind of his first time experimenting with drinking and all of that, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, they have um, phone records that show in high school he was using LSD and smoking weed and drinking. So to, for whatever that that's worth, I will give a little bit of kudos to the uh, USA Swimming Organization because they have imposed a lifetime ban on him. So if he thought maybe I'll get out of jail and I'll continue swimming, um, no, <laughs> he will not ever be able to compete in the Olympics. And I think that that's important because some of the headlines or taglines when this first happened is, you know, he's such a great swimmer, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, renowned swimmer, right. There was a gentleman on one of the hosts, uh, on ESPN said that has nothing to do with this, you know, this act. Well, yeah, even um, the victim notes that in her letter when she's reading these headlines at the end of a lot of these articles, they note his track time. Right, exactly. Yeah, and she was like, well, what about me? Like, here's my, I forget what, Yeah, she started listing some of her extracurriculars. (laughs) Yeah. And just like, why is that even on an, on this article. Right. How did, what, does that justify it? Like right, what, exactly. what's the does purpose it take some of, of listing away? this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so to further that, a lot of people are up in arms, which I believe rightfully so that this kid has only been given six months of prison time. And this is significant because especially in recent time, race has been infused into a lot of conversations and don't get me wrong. Race is an important topic that should be discussed. Not, not necessarily, you know, angrily argued, but definitely discussed because we all have different perceptions and experiences in dealing with race. But this case, um, race is not frivolous, frivolously being infused into this conversation. It, it should be infused in this conversation because I'm going to give as a Southern California native, I'm going to give an example. And I know you have some examples as well, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you an example, a recent example of the, the, the difference between being a person of color in the legal system and the judicial system and being white. Um, so there was a football player by the name of Brian Banks who played football, excelled at football at Long Beach Poly, uh, Southern California school. 
and everyone knew he was going to go to college and he was probably going to go to the NFL. That's how good he was. And a classmate accused him of rape. Uh, I believe he was accused of senior year. Um, and there were not two Swedish eyewitnesses. Um, a lot of the evidence is circumstantial, which you can convict someone on circumstantial evidence. I'm not saying that you can't. Um, he did not have a previous violent criminal history. Mm-hmm. And he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. Of those 14 years, he served five of them before the alleged victim came forward and finally said, it's not true. He did not rape me. And they released him. Wow. Um, Right. Wow. So there was less evidence Mm -hmm. and they convicted him for much longer sentence. Correct. And it wasn't even... True. True. No. And so some people I have seen in some of the, the forums where people have said, you know, if he would have been a football player, he probably wouldn't even have got convicted. And, you know, I get it. You're kind of you're speaking about previous terms. And I'm not saying that every football player is punished or gets off. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying in, in this in this context, you're talking about a teenage, you know, black kid mm-hmm. who was great at football. Uh who was sentenced, sentenced to 14 years. And he served five of those before he got let out. Um, I am, I, I should say, despite all of this, I am glad to say that the NFL actually kind of took him in. And so he currently does work for the NFL offices, some of the NFL offices that are located in Los Angeles now. So, um, there was a, a small silver lining, but he can't get those five years back. Who knows what kind of player he would have been yeah. in the NFL, what kind of you know contract he would have had. Um, so saying that to say that, that race does matter when you're talking about the legal system. Well, yeah. When I, I kept thinking about that as well. When I was just reading those six months, it was just blaring right mm-hmm. right in your face. Like, what right. the heck? How How is this okay? Right, right, right. And... I wanted to look up other cases, other um, instances, because this is a very, um, unfortunately, like this is something that I feel like we've read over and over and over, you know, like star athlete, you know, sexually assaults woman. And um, so I went through and and found a few other um, cases in which um, athletes, I think most of them were athletes or if not prominent college students. Mm -hmm males were convicted of rape mm-hmm. um, to varying degrees, but they most cases read pretty similarly. Okay. Um, I think this one probably, I, I didn't go through each of the cases to see if there were witnesses or not, mm-hmm. but this one's unique in that there were two witnesses right, right, that right. came upon and, and saw this. Usually in a rape case, it's, it's said, not like said, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nonetheless, um, in, the, and for these cases, um, these were the sentences. So okay. we have, I'll go from uh, longest to shortest, mm-hmm. 25 years, <laughs> mm-hmm. 20 years, mm-hmm. eight years, mm-hmm. three to five years, and one year. Now. <laughs> is this a guessing game? Of course it is. Girl, I'm black. We all know the answer. <laughs> Which of these defendants were black 
I would say all of the higher, definitely the 25, the 20, and the 8 were all people of color. And I would, I would venture to guess black or Latino. Well, this isn't that, that too fun. It oh. shouldn't be, but <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. So 25, 20, and 8, all of these were black. Mm-hmm. The one year and the three to five year were white. Wow. And rape is horrible. Right. And all of these men are despicable. Right. But how is there a span of one year to 25 years right. for a rape? The same, the same crime. Yeah, definitely. It is something I think, uh, that needs to be discussed, uh, honestly, and not just in the sense of, oh, he's black, he got this, but let's really look at these statistics and let's talk about it and let's talk about how we change um, that perception because I agree with you 100%. Rape is horrible. So all of these men should have served the time that, that comes with their action. But why does race or socioeconomic background determine how much time you right. you serve for this? Um so moving, moving on, cause I could talk about this all day. Um, we lost the greatest, uh, not this past Friday, but the Friday before, um, he lost his battle with Parkinson's disease at the age of 74, the greatest Muhammad Ali, uh, this past Friday though, they did have his funeral service, um, in Louisville, Kentucky. And it just, when you see the outpouring of support and you see all the people that were there, you know, you go back as to how did he get this name, like the greatest, you know? Um, and, and he did change his name to Muhammad Ali in 1964. Um, he shed what he called his slave name, which a lot of African-American individuals did around that time. So, um, he was born Cassius Clay, which I always remember this funny scene in coming to America where the, where the barber says, you know, the mama call him clay. I'm gonna call him clay. But, uh, the reality <laughs> of it is he changed his name to Muhammad Ali for the, for that reason. Um, he initially joined the nation of Islam, but much like Malcolm X, he saw kind of the negativity coming from it. And he, he, um, left that thinking to join the more traditional Muslim faith, which he still carried on, mm-hmm. um, until he died. Um, and, and, and the other thing, that I thought was so commendable and so admirable about him um, was he refused to go into the draft or to be drafted um, into the armed services for the Vietnam War. And there were a lot of reasons that he obviously didn't want to do it. Um, but, you know, some one of them was he was opposed to the war. Um, he, he felt like the war wasn't necessary. And then, too, you know, which a lot of other uh, African-American activists were kind of saying at the time, which was, we, you know, aren't even treated as equals in this country, and you want me to enlist and fight, you know what I mean, for a country that doesn't even act like they want me to be here or that they love me. So um, at that time, the government kind of said, oh, you don't want to go in the draft. Well, we're going to strip you of all of your titles, which he was the heavyweight champ at that time. And... um, through I didn't realize the government could strip you of boxing titles right yeah they work in conjunction um so the federal government was working in conjunction with different um boxing licenses and and whatnot so um 
those organizations are governed and they work with with the federal government. I believe that's kind of how they did it. So they are, revoked his licenses. So my licenses. My taekwondo medals are they safe? Like, would they ever be revoked? Girl, if you you start tripping, <laughs> <laughs> you start tripping with the government. They're gonna come back. Remember, like, remember when you was eight and you was breaking blocks? Gone. Didn't happen. <laughs> I love how you inserted yourself into a discussion about Muhammad Ali. <laughs> the greatest. I mean. <laughs> um, but that that's something that was really awesome. So to end that story, he did uh, fight legally to get those titles back. And he did in 1971. And he continued with a, with a, a, uh, for a couple more years with fighting. In 1984, unfortunately, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which they said was probably caused by uh, the brain trauma from him fighting all of those years. So he's been battling this disease for a long time but he never despite um having parkinson's he never stopped his his fight and his journey for social equality and he's been a part of a lot of different um organizations and events that have been geared towards that idea um so for me that's why he was the greatest you know here you had this this guy who who bled power you know, bled strength and he was a trash talker. Um, but at his core, he was a man of principle and he was a man of equality and social justice. Um, and a little known fact that I didn't really realize is that he had uh, a couple of spoken word albums and they were nominated. He was nominated for two Grammys. What? Yeah. He didn't win. But uh, he was nominated for two Grammys, so I didn't realize that. When did, were those um, out? Ooh, girl. That was back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> were those like his mixtapes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know, I want to say like late 70s, only because they, um, the article that I read referenced how he was kind of like rapping and, and encompassing oh. hip-hop before hip-hop really was hip-hop. So I want to say... Hip-hop. It was probably late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I was. You know, I was able to catch some of the coverage of his funeral, and um, heard a lot of really moving um, speeches about him and his life. Um, one of the things that I thought was was interesting, just to cap off what you've already listed off of as some of his credentials, um, was that he planned his own funeral. Wow. Yeah, he. Um, decided to use it as a teachable moment. He invited people of all faiths, leaders of all faiths, to be there and witness um, the Muslim ceremonies. Wow. So, yeah, I thought very cool. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was very profound. Yeah, definitely. Well, he, he definitely, definitely was the greatest. Definitely. He floated like a butterfly. And he stung, stung like, like a bee. bee. Which actually was considered to be kind of an unorthodox um, style of fighting for yes. his weight class. Yes, yes it was. You know, his mm-hmm. weight class, the heavyweights, they typically, because what was he, I think he was about 6'2", six, 6'3", six, mm-hmm. you know, they really, really pretty much like pounded the pavement. So it was yeah. like, we're going to go, we're going to come at you with force. And, and he used his quickness and his agility to just, I mean, pummel people, take them out. So, um, yeah. Rest in greatness. Definitely. To the greatest. 
I'm going to have to start walking around with like my Muhammad Ali-isms, but like I'm like a remix version. I don't know how that's going to sound. You got to cop those mixtapes. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh. Uh, we're going to move on to our fourth topic. Um, Malia Obama graduates high school. And what? all I'm going to say about that is 12? that means that I am old. <laughs> that dates me because, um, wow. Yeah. She just graduated uh, high school. And so the high school, they did, of course, ask uh, President Obama if he would say some words. And he said, nah, because. Two, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, gracias. Because one, um, I don't want to take any attention away from my daughter. And then he's like, two, I'm going to be real with y'all. Can I be real? Please. I'm going to be crying. <laughs> he admitted that he just I'm not gonna be he's like I'm not gonna be able to hold it in and the last thing y'all need to see is a crying president speaking <laughs> at a high school graduation so he did show up with sunglasses with he was dark, prepared dark sunglasses he I know what's that. up he, keep, he keeps it 100 yeah. Like, I'm not even going to play games with you and be like, no, I'm cool. No, he's like, I am going to cry right now. It's like I'm watching <laughs> Still Magnolias. <laughs> and it's at the end. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, which I thought I thought was awesome. And, and the whole first family was there. Um, yeah. And, and the, the uh, event went off without a hitch. I guess they normally do. You were saying they normally do a prank. Yeah. So... The um, the pranksters were nowhere to be seen. I guess they they normally pull a prank on on admin, but that fell by the wayside this year, surprisingly <laughs> enough. Yeah, but no. From from what I read, it went very smoothly. Um, the uh, I want to say security, but I know that's not the right word. It's <laughs> social <laughs> social security. <no. laughs> what is it? It's the secret service. Secret service. <laughs> The ultimate security. <laughs> the ultimate social security. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did a great job. They, they were there too. Overbearing. Right. Um, oh my god. But gosh. yeah, she she started well when he came into office. She was ten. I know. That's why I'm saying time flies. Yeah. Like I was. I'm not gonna tell you exactly how old I was, but I will say I was in my twenties. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then uh, so she graduated, and she's planning to take a year off, which right. I, I thought was pretty cool. I think that's yeah. that's a smart thing for a lot of youngsters to do. Yes. Yeah. She's gonna have. I think they're they're calling it a break year. Um, oh, no, isn't it a gap year? Oh, whoa! Well, you? So Falling you can't say no. You can't say Secret Service, but you know what a gap year is. Hey, hey. <laughs> yes um so she got accepted into harvard which both of her parents um went to that institution so she will also be going but she's taking a gap year you're right it's gap year get mm-hmm. it together so fall into the gap year um but as you said i think i think i need a gap year like right, <laughs> right? now <laughs> you're gonna go to work <laughs> um so i need to decide I'm growing as a person and I'm developing. I need to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, so. I, need, I need that gap year though. Um, but I think it is good. I think when I look back to, excuse me, when I graduated high school um, at the age of, tender age of 17 and a half. Um, long, long time 
my god <laughs> you're judging me um i mean i was playing i was competing um athletically collegiate collegiately um but i could have i definitely could have used that year to kind of get it together maybe train more mm-hmm. um yeah so i think that i think it's tough to tell an 18 year old yeah like you're going to go whether you go to a community college or you go straight to the university level Um, You're going to go here and you're going to take these classes that are going to help you with the rest of your life. You're also going to make a decision about what you want to learn so that it can help you with the rest of your life. And don't get me wrong. You can always change uh, your path, but you're asking an 18 year old to effectively take four to six years to to plan their life. Um, And they don't have many of them don't have true work experience, although Malia does. She's been interning. of course she and does. Film. I'm sure she has more experience than I do. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, you know, they don't have that 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 work experience. And I think we've talked about this before where I think it would be awesome to see kids spend that year either volunteering or giving back to their community yes, or Peace Corps or something service. like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I think I'm it will set them that. up. Yeah, set them up for success. Um so uh, I think it's good for her. Just quick question. You mentioned, you know, when you graduated. How old was Malia when you graduated? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was, Michelle was still carrying her. <laughs> That's all I was, she was still holding her. All right. I know she didn't even have baby teeth yet. Okay. And thank you. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> You're not sorry. Sorry. Uh-huh. Year of service, yes. Yeah. <laughs> for Definitely. the kids, for the children. We're going to move on to our fifth topic as she's making fun of me for being so old. That's okay, because mm-hmm. I got a youthful soul. It's like wine. <laughs> um, number five, our fifth and final topic for today, Ellen DeGeneres is being sued. Um, so a little background on the story. A real estate agent from Georgia by the name of T.T. Pierce is suing Ellen because Ellen did this bit on her show um, or, you know, they were kind of featuring (laughs) different comical things in in real life. And so um, Ellen pronounced T.T.'s name as Titty Pierce. Um, so that's, that's uh, one gold, thing. Comedy <laughs> gold. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. And, um, but they showed her real estate poster that was posted and they did not block out the number. And so mm-hmm. TT is suing Ellen, um, for emotional distress for mispronouncing her name, uh, on national television. And also, which I understand her name had never been mispronounced in her 35 years of life. Right. And that my, to, to which I say, like, you never went to school then. <laughs> You, you never had a substitute teacher. Yeah. <laughs> that never happened in your life. No, uh, clearly. So, um, and the second, the second reason she's suing is because she was saying that um, invasion of her her private phone um, contact information. Which I can, I, I can see that. I can see. So that. you feel like they should have blacked it out. You know, like I'm not with her on the first count because that's her name. It's a public record. She's putting it out on people's lawns for anyone and everyone to see. Mm-hmm. So. People will read things differently. I mean, if you take off the I, you read it completely differently. You know, like people have different ways of reading things. So, no, I'm not with her on that. The second one, though, I am a little more with her because her phone number went out nationally. Yeah. And 
unfortunately for her, the timing was just really bad because she was on her way to, to her a funeral, funeral yeah. when the, fir- the first time it aired. So mm-hmm. she was getting prank calls like crazy right. because in all reality, yes, I mean, it's, it's great promotion because now people know her nationally, but Ellen's not talking to her, t- not talking about her as right. a realtor. She's right. talking, she's, she's laughing about her name, yeah. which is, which I think is okay. Right, right, right. Um, but to put her phone number on there, then it's just opening the doors to Two prank more. calls. Yeah. I, I, I agree in, uh, in that regard, they could have blocked it out. They should have blocked it out. And I'm sure moving forward, they will <laughs> remember to, but legally from a legal standpoint, I don't think she really has a leg to stand on because I get the national attention, but at the same time, you have made your number public. I mean, I, I give the example of if I lived in Georgia and let's just say, um, I'm, I'm <laughs> not, let's just say I'm a Snapchatter. I have all these people that follow me on Snapchat or Instagram or even Twitter. And I snap a picture of it and I share it. Okay. No, it's not on national television, but let's just say I have a hundred thousand, 200,000 followers that you do. Okay. You first you're going to talk about my age. Now you're going to no. talk about my oh, followers. Okay. okay. Sorry. Okay. Can we? I thought you were balling for a second. <laughs> we're done. Okay, stop, won't stop. Um, but anyway, saying that to say, it to me, it's a similar concept. Um, and I agree, it should have been blacked out. But legally, I don't think she really has a lot to stand on. But um, who knows? Who knows uh, what will happen in the court, in the coats. So um, it has been an interesting week. Definitely next week we will be featuring more and more in-depth conversation about the shooting in Orlando. Um, But again, we send nothing but positivity and love back to everyone who's been affected. Yes. So um, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, You guys have been great today. If you, yeah vivid audience today (laughs) riveting um if you'd like to follow me on twitter to get the five links to all of the five topics each day you can follow me at soul 35 that's s-e-o-u-l 35 you can check out our blog for different commentary as well as the links at 5tyntk.tumblr.com um you can check us out on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, 52YNTK. And Ariana, how can we? Oh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat at Ariana O'Rama. Er, thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we get everything? We talked about everything? We got it? I checked everything off my list. We did good. No, we didn't do good. We did well. Girl, bye. <laughs> bye.